Welcome to our first episode of Teledactyl Mindset. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alan, and uh, what we'd like to do is we'd like to give our uh, view on the latest, most creative, and most outrageous technologies and solutions that are being developed today in the healthcare industry. And today, I got one of my uh, colleagues and teammate, uh, Megan. Megan, say hi. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring awareness uh, on some of the things that, you know, sometimes, you know, things are discussed in the healthcare arena that uh, may may or may not understand. And from our point of view, we'd like to be able to tell you what we we feel that it means and and how we can move forward and and move that needle to the right uh, when it comes to a lot of the things that comes to uh, actually a lot of things that come to healthcare. So Anyway, I uh, I want to do uh, well, Megan. Do you have anything you want to say? Well, I think our focus is really going to be on technology, but we wanted to start with our, our first real episode talking about the bigger picture and really the so technology is what people think of really when they think of innovation. But there's also a need for social innovation, and we want to help each other better access and better understand what what's out there. Like Alan said, so there's a lot of words, both from a technology perspective, but also just in understanding the treatment that you're getting and reading information from your insurer and things that we kind of just want to better equip you to maneuver the complex world of healthcare. Right. Education is really important. And, you know, through our discovery period, uh, we learned that, you know, there's a lot of things that are out there. There's a lot of technologies that, you know, say that uh, that it's able to you know bridge the gaps and and still today we we see issues and the complexities that maybe not even be with the technology itself but the way it's kind of um introduced or um you know connected with other things so but i i think that you know we'll tell you how we we plan to do uh, to close some of those uh disparities that we see um and the availability and quality of care along the way uh, it's all about the outcome for patients and, and even even for those who are providers that want to give good service and want to be more efficient. Um, I think this is a great show for you uh, and a great podcast for you to listen to as we move along and uh, in our future episodes. Well, and if you're asking yourself, why, why should you listen to us? Why should you listen to the teledactyl narrative? There's three reasons that we want you to take away, mostly in listening to us today, but in, in coming back to us in the future. So, I mean, we're, we're not experts. We're not claiming to be experts, but we do know enough to be dangerous. And like I said, we want to give you the tools to, to take ownership of your health in a way where you're understanding these terms and you're understanding the technology and maybe it allows you to ask some better questions when you're going to your doctor or you just have a different lens on what you're reading in the newspaper or things that that can help you just be a, a healthier person. Right, right. And and also what we really want to do is make this, uh, uh, in addition to those two um key points is we really want this to be entertaining. This is this is not a podcast where we're you know reading directly out of some study. This is this is stuff that we could have discussions with and bring, you know, really powerful experts and leaders in the in the field to really talk about things that really truly matter. So but before we 
we, we, we start going down that path, we really thought it was important that we kind of give us a fundamental like foundation and kind of start back, you know, even before probably each of us were born um, to see where we are and kind of where we're going today and, and how we can move that needle again, like I said, forward. All right, you got, uh, I'm, I'm, we're Alan and Megan, we're back. Uh, we're talking um, about uh, about ways that we think are, are, are some of the effects on disparities or the disparities that are in some of these uh, these communities, even even way back, uh, back probably, you know, even five, you know, half a century ago. So um, I, I guess it brings the question, you know, how far, how far society has come in some ways, uh, but not in others. And um, some of the things that I realized in the past five to 10 years uh, are concepts and words that are kind of outrageous. You know, obviously one of the bigger ones uh, you hear is, uh, is cryptocurrency, which is still confusing to to the normal, normal person. And, and we won't get into that. But words like blockchain and telemedicine and AI and virtual reality and big data and IOT, which stands for Internet of Things. These are key words, if you agree, Megan, that uh, you're going to start hearing in the healthcare arena and the financial uh, industries, because these are the this is the type of technology that's here that's going to be able to do a lot to help try to move us forward. And, and telemedicine has, has been around maybe the longest from a, like a non-tech person perspective of all these things, but some of these concepts like truly didn't even exist 10 years ago. So from a technology perspective, we there, there's no denying that we've made a ton of progress. And if you think back to sitting in the classroom at school and you learned about the industrial revolution and just, there has been a lot of forward movement. And there's talk about with artificial intelligence, the fact that computers and robots can help us make better decisions. And that was something of science fiction in the not too distant past. But there, there are other things that haven't actually kept up with that progress from a tech perspective. And that's kind of what we want to set the stage with today in terms of thinking about where we're going as a society, but also in what we're trying to do with Teledactyl. As I, as I listen to you, uh, you know, talk, uh, I just I'm reminded about some of the movies growing up that I saw where we thought that that technology or their perception of what technology uh, was going to be in the future was crazy. And you look at today and you, you, you watch those same movies and most, if, you know, a lot of that technology is already here. So. The concepts, I think, uh, and I think the, the heart behind it uh, is there. I think that uh, when we talk about these terms like telemedicine, which really means a virtual doctor, like you see a doctor online and you get services online for non-emergent care. Um, and, and, and when you say telemedicine to some people, they, they're like, what, what are you talking about? Um, so we need to be more familiar with some of these terms because they will you'll see them over and over and over again. Um, but let's let's go back to uh, a book that I recommended you to read. And hearing you talk about it is has brought like so much joy um, because I think you see the writing on the wall, just like some of us uh, 
I've, I've seen in a little, you know, for a while, but some of the numbers are just, and some of the dates and, and some of the, some of the stuff that came from it, just, it's amazing uh, that, you know, we're kind of in the, in the, in the position we are today. So without giving it away, I just want to, why don't you tell us a little bit about the book that, uh, that you just read? So it's actually the last book that Martin Luther King Jr. wrote. It's called, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? And Alan had heard about it, like actually right before Martin Luther King Day, because they actually ordered it on Amazon and started reading it on that day. But he wrote it the year before he died and it was actually published the year that he did die. So 52 years ago, we're talking about, it was 1968 when this was published. And honestly, I mean, I could look at, see, I could turn on CNN right now, or I could just, look around me, whether it's in the office or just driving down the street. And it's, there's a dozen examples around me today that are exactly what he described on those pages. And he was writing these words 52 years ago. So when we think about how far we've come, I mean, I'm gonna go back to acknowledging how far we have come from a tech perspective by like, look at the smartphone that's in your hand, or if you're driving in your car, mm -hmm. it's sitting in your cup holder. Like th think about the first cell phones that we had that were like these little, well, they weren't that little. They were big, really Huge. big first, but that was before my time. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> Cases you put my, in the car. <laughs> my first one was the little uh, Nokia, like, block phone that I finally had to get rid of because it would call people by itself. So that was great. No. And, I mean, there, one. there were even days before the mobile phone. You know, the first mobile phone that uh, ever came out, came it really did literally come into a suitcase. I think it was, like, $1,000 or a few hundred dollars uh, per minute but it had terrible cellular sound because connectivity wasn't where it was uh, is today. Uh, and they've come so much further from moving those phones to pagers, from pagers to uh, bigger smartphones that you're uh, referring to. And then uh, these smartphones has kind of gotten smaller, smaller, and now they, now they fold. Well, and we live and die by them. Like when I don't have my phone, if I get in the car to go somewhere and don't have my phone, I feel like a part of me is missing. And that's kind of ridiculous actually, but it sh just shows how dependent we've come on this thing that has progressed so much within the last, I mean, I mean, when do you think the suitcase was? Like how many years ago was that, the suitcase phone? Oh my gosh, it was, I was 18. So without giving away my age, and please don't write this stuff down. Uh, I'm 48, so about 30 years ago. <laughs> so, like, I mean, this is this is recent history where all this has happened, and that's where it is like the movies. It is these things that you, you hear these, you hear about it on the news, or you hear about it on the radio, and they're talking about this crazy stuff, or like even telemedicine. Like, who would have thought that? Well, the man who created the word teledactyl would have thought in 1925, but who else <laughs> would have thought that you would? being treated by a doctor on your computer. And there are still people that are so uncomfortable with that, but there really is not, you have to say positive things about where technology is going and where, where it's gone, but the, uh, the, the, the reach of that is still limited because of who we are as human beings. Right. And that's where Dr. Martin Luther King was going in this book without, he, he didn't go too deep into the technology side. He looked more at the people side and that's kind of where we're going to bring the conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. So technology obviously has its lot. It's got a lot of benefits, but it's reliant sometimes on things. And one of the things I think as an example of where technology can be limited uh, and many of you and many of the listeners will agree uh, how many of you have driven, you know, up 
you know, from, you know, in the mountains or in these rural areas and dead spots where your, your bar goes from 4G to 1X or, and it's because it doesn't really have, sometimes they're limited with the, the, the connectivity they have. And they try to put these cell phone towers up and these towers that can bring in signals. But the reality is that, you know, sometimes it can be difficult. And as I think we'll move past that, um, the more and more we start to grow, I think that's a, I think we, uh, there's some limitations that sometimes happen around uh, technology. Don't you agree? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, and that gets at the, the vast differences of what people have and what they have access to. So, I mean, our focus is on healthcare and offerings from that perspective, but in order to get the same level of care to everyone, you also have to have reliable broadband access. And like there, there's these alternatives to care that still those neediest people who do live out, I don't know, in the middle of nowhere, let's say, that they're, they just don't have the same, I'm gonna use access in a different way, access to these things that we've become so used to with having the phones in our hand. And it's not to say that they don't have smartphones, they, they probably do, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have the right level of access to be able to have that visit with the doctor rather than having to drive 25, 30 minutes to go to a crowded hospital and pay more than they would have needed to pay if they were getting treated virtually. Yeah, that's funny you brought up access. That's one of the the underlining themes uh, with most of the companies that we talk to uh, when we when we are bringing a solution to their their organization. Access is like up front and center. And really, you know, I, I really like focusing on those rural to, you know, uh, urban areas where they may not have a lot of access because I think there's a lot of, I think, I think opportunities missed there. And I think that uh, the ability to have people uh, receive care, you know, where they're at. And like you said, not driving 45 minutes and staying in an ER or an urgent care, you know, all day and have to come back and then miss a day of work. We need to, we need to fix that. Um, but that leads me into the, the technology piece. Um, let's just, let's just circle back around that. Um, but, you know, in that book from Dr. King's words, uh, on the people side, we are still fighting many of the same battles and facing many of the same issues that even Dr. King laid out. And his recommended solution he had even 52 years ago. And I just often wonder, like, it's kind of weird to me that even after 52 years and his vision, and this is outside of, you know, the civic duty that he did and for civil rights and, and all this. This really, this is a really step back, a fundamental step back to, like, how how can this be a problem 52 years ago? We have advanced technology and we're and we're still we're still in almost the same spot that we were. Right. I mean, we've made so much progress on one front and yet, and I mean, that, that was the most powerful part about reading this book is that I am educated, I'm aware, and it's not news to me that there are still very rich and very poor people and a, a whole lot of people with varying means in the middle. And I know that race and gender and where you're from and how educated you are and all sorts of variables play a big part into what people think of you and what you think of yourself. But in reading these words by Dr. King, it was 52 years ago and still describes 
what I see, what I experience, what my friends and colleagues see and experience, but also what we want to change. So he he had a way with his words and with his movement where he was able to talk about the flaws in humanity that exist today. I mean, we can't pretend that they don't and they've, they've made us this way and they've continued to pervade thinking and voting and power and the lack of power that has just motivated me to look differently at technology and at what I have to to change this dynamic in a way that hopefully will be more successful than what's been attempted in the past. Because we can't, I'm not gonna sit here and say that nobody's tried before. People are trying constantly. There are so many organizations out there that are looking at this, but there's this underlying human component and it, it's, people wanna help and, Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to say that people are terrible. People are not terrible. People are trying to help each other, but we're disconnected and at odds with each other and how we're doing that. And it was the same story 52 years ago. Yeah. And what's, uh, you know, when we talk about Dr. Martin Luther King, he never, he never brought it upon or made it about race itself. He really talked about systems and and a lack of programs and complacency and and just just words that you know kind of have the the undertone that although we try there's no progress made and like you just said and i just feel like it's uh we're at a time and place um to me yes technology's there it's not a lack of technology um but it's how we can use the technology to really change the narrative. It really should be about the narrative. It should not be about anything else. And for those who uh, who actually build, you know, solutions uh, just for the technology feature or maybe just for revenue, shame on them. Because uh, I think there's a lot better uh, justice that we can do uh, and be doing our civic duty by helping those who really need the help. Um, and, you know, when he talks about the civil rights and of course, you know, that's a big part that people know about him. But, he, you know, he takes that step back and he and he kind of he looks at poverty in general, like how how we're focused on the wrong things and and or the right things even at the wrong time. So um, that discorded uh, or discord of programs, they, they really aim indirectly at solving problems and, and of poverty and, and solving something, you know, sometimes else first, like. You know, if you think about it, we have a lot of homeless people that uh, are homeless. And it's one of the things that we're we're trying to get to functional zero. But, you know, since then, how many times have we, you know, had a, you know, a, a spaceship or a, not a spaceship, but a rocket, you know, go to space? And how much how many how much money does that cost? Um and so, and even more recently, even though I, I saw on the news, you know, coronavirus is a, is a huge virus and it's a, it's a pandemic. I just saw something about uh, there was a deal made for $8 billion to, to go ahead and, uh, and, and, and try to solve that problem. Not to say that it doesn't cost that much, but $8 billion is a lot of money. Um, well, and at, at the time that this was written, obviously the, the war was the Vietnam War. But oh, yeah. talks a yeah, lot yeah. about how much money was put towards that. That, again, not not that, I mean, there's a whole other story we could tell about the Vietnam War and people's opinions on that. But he wasn't saying that you stop spending on defense, but he was saying that amount of money 
could solve this problem of poverty by ensuring that everyone has something and not something as in the bare minimum, something as in a sustainable wage for you and your family to be able. And he's not talking handouts. Like he, he talks about what requirements would be there from a welfare perspective, but just that there, there are the funds, there are the resources to do it. So now today where you and I are talking about that, there is the technology to do it as well. Right. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, you have to ask yourself like, why do you think these problems still still exist? And, and you know, after 50 years, why hasn't it been tackled and, and, and kind of moving us forward so that people can get the access to care? People's records, you know, can be inoperable where, you know, multi-physicians can look at it at the same time. And why, why patients themselves or even, you know, employees, why are, why are not involved more with their health care? Um, so I present that question. And uh, um, I think a lot of times it's not, there aren't the programs that, or the people that are focused on it. Um, but in the book, it talked a little bit about what, doc, what did Dr. Martin Luther King said about that? I mean, he focused on just a general lack of coordination. Mm -hmm. And really, I'm going to bring it back to that that human component. So we are human. We are selfish at our root. We don't like to think that we are. But there is this feeling oftentimes that if someone else has more than I need to have less. And that's not actually true. If you think it's not a, a zero-sum game. There is more to be had if... There is more cooperation and more collaboration. And say there are 10 things that are fundamental to living a good life. And there could be more, there could be less, but let's just use 10 as a round number. And there are times in history and today where items one through five are being focused right. on at one time and items six through 10 are being ignored. ignored. Or there's various levels of effort or focus or different groups. So like say the government has focused on housing in and out in pockets throughout history like sometimes they're all in and depending on who's leading the country it, it depends what on all of those things what the focus is but as a result there is this lack of transparency there's right. redundancy in the system there there are all these issues that get compounded by the fact that people start to collaborate and work together and then they kind of bring it back to okay well I'm going to focus on this because I think that this is going to make the biggest impact yeah and yeah I also read to uh, just recently that the, the the happy income the the benchmark to be um, is $75,000 and anyone who who actually makes more than $75,000 is not even is not as happy as someone who uh, who was at that mark and it's kind of it's kind of weird because of how all the different you know um, things that surround you know happiness and and money. Uh, so it, that, I, I think when you say when you talk about like the you know people have some of their own goals and they're and they look at each other and there's always a comparison and keeping up with the Joneses. Um, a lot of Americans do make seventy five thousand dollars a year, and there's a lot that make even more. I can tell you that some of the some of the people that make seventy five thousand dollars or less are more happier, um, and so I think that you know we have to talk about progress, right? We got to talk about how do we move past that type of 
underlying thinking, that behavior that when you grow up and have that type of mentality, because I think there's a gap, right? I mean, there's a gap uh, with what we call our scientific progress and and, in our own moral progress. Um, And this ain't to say that, you know, that there aren't phenomenal programs because there are phenomenal programs. We've seen these phenomenal programs and, and phenomenal people out there doing phenomenal things. But yet there's still that gap for 52 years. So I just I find it just baffling that those 10 things, let's just say there are 10 and you're connecting one through five and you're ignoring six through 10 because something that some other shiny object jumped up and you figure, you know, the group feel, figures that we need to you know pivot our direction. If they would just connect the 10 things, just imagine where we'd be today. Well, and even within individual companies, people work at odds with each other. So there's these big monster companies that play a big role in the healthcare industry. And even they don't have an overarching strategy. So it's just, it's really complicated when you bring personalities and motives. And at the end of the day, people do want to be good. I believe that, that maybe naive, but I, I believe that. And I think that there is a way to, to go about fixing this problem and closing this gap differently. And I think we have different tools because we have made this progress from a technology perspective to do it. And I think we, we have a unique opportunity because we do think this way and we know people who think this way. And, and there's there are innovations in health tech that can help us get to this social innovation. So if we focus on a person's well-being as the you don't have anything if you don't have your health, right? So if we, we give you more tools to manage that, then hopefully we can round it out and work with other groups and individuals to to get that whole package just more equal. Yeah, and I think the the other thing that gets missed, and I think, you know, maybe those are the two connections, you technology without education isn't, it won't, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, mix. You have to have, people educated on, you know, different things like we mentioned earlier in this podcast about their benefits, about some of the words you hear, about where to find things and and how to how to locate them things. And that's kind of the reason why I'm glad we put it all in one place and, you know, obviously being secured. Um, but you think about all that kind of things and, and you, you understand that the innovations in, in the health tech world are using these innovations. Uh, I see I see a lot of talk about AI and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we need to address those needs of the rural and underserved areas uh, and, and the, the homeless and, and the ones in need. And, and, and we need to figure out who they are. And the, the, what, I'm, what I'm so appreciative of is when this team was built, it was built with people who felt the same way I did. They were they they believed in wanting to do good uh, rather than you know thinking it was going to be this big payday and and all this kind of stuff and you know and and there was there was ten, ten team members before that kind of believed that but this core team that you know Teledactyl has they they honestly believe in that and I think when you do good good things happen uh, back to you. So it kind of reciprocates itself. But first, let's just do good. Let's just connect the things that need to be connected. We don't need to reinvent more technology if it's out there. And let's and let's just try to apply this into, you know, these these areas that I just discussed, which, you know, you know, the homeless can take advantage of it. The people in the rural areas can and, and in, in the underserved in general. 
give them state-of-the-art healthcare, and it's not it's a fraction of the cost so um that's kind of why i think uh you know this show is going to be very very helpful not only in education but in the innovation part and and kind of you know some of the thought leaders we bring will you know back uh some of the things that we say and and you'll get to hear from these experts and and the directions that some of the innovations they see and where it's going to go so um i think that's about out of time i just wanted to you know if you really want to know why you should listen to us uh megan said it best you know we're not the experts not in every subject we're expert in some of it we're not expert in all of it because we really want to give unbiased uh opinions about what we've seen in the three years that we've been doing this and researching this um but we know enough you know in some of these realms that we aren't experts in to be dangerous and and i think that you know when we want you know you guys to be better equipped to make better decisions uh we want you to be able to maneuver around a complex healthcare system and a uh, world of healthcare so that we can start moving this needle i call it a needle because i, I think of it a gauge and the gauge is it's just, it's just staying on 30 we need to get this to 50 to 60 and hopefully at some point you know way to the right where healthcare is, is not the concern it's it's something else that we can solve. Um did you want to add anything to that to Megan? Well, just back to the we have no enough to be dangerous. We also want to give you the same tools. We want to give you enough knowledge to be dangerous and not dangerous in an evil way, a dangerous in a with great power comes great responsibility. And you use that mm-hmm. power for for good and I I am a lifelong learner. I have done a ton of research and I just like reading new things and learning new things. So I'm definitely not a tech expert, but I just think a lot of this is very cool. So if there are things, even if it's not technology related that you have questions about as you listen to us, definitely give us the feedback because I mean, this podcast could go on forever. So give us your thoughts and we can answer some of your specific questions too. Right, right. Well, thanks, you know, um for, you know, listening to, you know, Teledactyl mindset uh while we were giving our view on the latest and creative and most outrageous technologies and i want you to tune in with us in in, a, in two weeks as we talk about the current state of access in healthcare um there may be a special show that happens in between or not depending on if we can land our thought leader or not but you know in two weeks we really want to kind of get to the first step it's really you know the access of healthcare so again thank you for tuning in uh Megan and I uh thank you and we'll 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 talk to you later